0: This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. That's right. We have not disappeared forever. Around the Rim is back with a new episode. And, yes, we know you missed us. We missed you, too. This is your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. This is your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast. And Around the Rim did take a two-week hiatus um, all I can really say is life happens. Um, unfortunately I suffered two losses in my family, um, devastating losses on the same day. So I have been not only taking time to mourn and grieve, but also, um, you know, you can imagine navigating around two funerals and trying to support family, but long story short, life happens. So I appreciate everyone's prayers and your patience and your thoughts and condolences and and everything. Um, We all suffer loss. And simultaneously, while I was suffering a personal loss, women's basketball lost a giant, a pioneer, a legend in our game. Ann Donovan is no longer with us. And actually this episode is dedicated to her memory, to her accomplishments, to just the overall person that she was. Um, Tarika and I thought it was important for us as we, Created around the rim to share stories uh, of our game and to um, talk about how we got here. How do we even have a women's basketball? And and mm-hmm. Ann Donovan was a huge and integral part of that in in so many ways. Um, we were we had some technical difficulties actually on this show, so you'll notice some some difference in the sound, but also. Uh, because of those technical difficulties, we were going to have Michelle Vopel on, um, but were unable to do so. And she has a fantastic article on ESPN.com, the women's basketball, about Ann that kind of lays the groundwork for those that don't know Ann's background. Um, you know who she was and 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 kind of the details of her contribution to our game please check out michelle Vopel's article on espn.com but um long story short and passed away june 13th um this month at the age of 56 years old uh, many remember ann donovan as the 6-8 sensation in her days at old du Um, some people remember her at at her time, the Charlotte sting with the, with the big turnaround they had there making it to the finals. We have Dawn Staley on the show later on, also Felicia Hall Allen that knew her during that time. Um, and actually going back to old dominion, we're going to kick off the show with Mary Ann Stanley, who was her head coach at her time at, at ODU, who is now on staff with Mike Tebow at the Washington Mystics, um. And then she was also the head coach of the Seattle Storm, where she won a WNBA championship. She was the first woman head coach to win a WNBA championship. And we've got Sue Bird on the show. So a lot of people who will share their memories of Ann, their time with her. I will also share an email exchange later on that I had with Ann. But just overall, you know, um, I had a, a great opportunity to spend time with Ann when she was at Seton Hall, as I've been covering the Big East Um, for most of my my collegiate career as a basketball analyst. And uh, we had a lot of sit-downs, a lot of good times. And I I think my first time meeting Ann was back at a Naismith event. And I want to say they were honoring Kay Yao um, here in Atlanta. And um, Ann knew who I was, which was was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. But that's the details she paid to the game. You know, she paid very close attention to... Everyone. It didn't matter if you were an Olympic gold medalist or like me, pretty much nobody, just someone who who loved the game, who, um, you know, covered it. And she was just always encouraging. One of her last emails to me, she said, keep trucking, LaChina. Um, just always kind, always made me feel included um, just a thoughtful person, thoughtful person. And, you know, there's these perceptions out here of what a coach is like or what coaches have to be like to be successful. Um, and, and, you know, whether you buy into that or not, I'll just say that Anne had the the most gentle approach to everything that she did as a coach. Um, yeah, she had high standards. She was stern, um, and championship expectations. And that's how she had all the success she had in her career, but just an amazing person. And, um, You know, I mentioned some of her stops, but she won a a national championship at ODU, the WNBA championship I mentioned, um, numerous accolades at the USA basketball level. But uh, we will let the people who who were close to her tell the story throughout this show. And we hope that you enjoy the memories of Ann. We will be back next week with a normal episode of Around the Rim, kind of our – what's going on in women's college, basketball, WNBA and all that. But we thought that it was um, just appropriate, you know, Mm -hmm. we all owe Anne. So uh, this episode is dedicated to the memory of Anne Donovan. Our first guest that is uh, going to share some thoughts on the life of Anne Donovan is very special um, because she knew of Ann Donovan before many of us had ever heard her name. And to get this started, I, w- I want to read an email um, exchange actually between Ann and I. I would often reach out to to Ann Donovan uh, to hear about the stories of our game. You know, I'm always just very inquisitive and wondering about different things. So on this particular email, I had asked Ann about the rivalry between ODU and La Tech, And she sent this note to me. Hi, La China. Happy New Year. The ODU versus La Tech rivalry will always be a favorite in my memory bank. I don't have a particular game necessarily, but just remember all the terrific players to come through the Lady Texter program. Our greatest matchups were with Janice Lawrence and Kim Mulkey and Dennis Rodman's sister, Deborah, I believe, question mark. <laughs> in those AIAW days, we were all we were the small schools playing big time ball. The crowds in Ruston were always overflow for our games, and our ODU fans never missed a game versus Tech. The great Sonia Hoag was coaching, and Gary Blair and Leon Barmore were assistants. Marianne Stanley was our head coach. Um, and with that, we want to welcome into the show, Marianne Stanley, who is um, currently an assistant for the Washington Mystics, but was the head coach at the time. And Marianne, thank you so much for joining us. That was one of Anne's thoughts on the LaTex ODU rivalry. That's how far back your relationship with Ann goes. Take us back to your first time, um, meeting the six foot eight legend and, and kind of the different places of, uh, along your career that, uh, you and Ann were able to work together.
1: Well, thank you, Lachana, for inviting me to be on the podcast today. And I couldn't be more pleased that, that you're recognizing Ann Donovan in this way and, you know, shedding some light on her career and the person that she she was and just how much of an impact she's had on our game. Um, you know, I was at Old Dominion for 10 years, and um, we recruited Ann Donovan while I was there. Uh, she came in as a freshman after we won our first national championship. So Inga Nissen and Donna Arun Nancy Lieberman, Angela Cotman, Jan Trombley, all those guys were there already. And Anne came down for a visit and just loved, you know, the school, loved the team, loved the the fans and the atmosphere, and uh, joined us um, for what turned out to be our second national championship team in uh, 1979-80. So she missed the first one but made the second one. Um, And, you know, Anne at that time was just a gangly, you know, teenager. Uh, wow. You already mentioned she was 6'8", but she weighed probably about 165 pounds, if you can imagine. So, Wow. You know, she was a really a string bean. And uh, at that time, you know, she used to wear knee braces on both knees because they hadn't really developed uh, techniques for that kind of player. I mean, she was an anomaly. There weren't any 6'8 players of the man. Uh, there were some six fives, and you mentioned one of them, uh, one of our big opponents, Dennis Lawrence at Louisiana Tech, and yes, Dennis Rodman's sister, Deborah Rodman, who, by the way, was one of the great rebounders and most physical players you could ever have. Um, but you know, I did not know center. that. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, not yeah. – yeah, when
0: she said when she sent mm-hmm. that note and then the question mark, I was like, who – I had no idea Dennis Rodman's sister played for La Tech. Yep. Wow.
1: And he actually credits her with a lot of his success because she was a couple of years older. And, you know, obviously they, you know, they went at it, you know, as brothers and sisters will do on the <laughs> basketball court. And he credits her with teaching with, her how to be – him how to be fierce as a rebounder. So go figure, but – You know, Ann came to Old Dominion at a time when the AIW was in its heyday. You know, we were in a terrific stretch, again, having won a championship and wanting to continue that. And, um, you know, Ann was just, again, a skinny little freshman, but with a huge heart. I mean, the thing about Ann is she never backed down from a challenge. She didn't back away from anything that we asked of her. And, you know, she ended up being a pivotal person you know, for that second championship and beyond. And then, of course, her great career continuing beyond college and into, you know, uh, her pro career overseas and the Olympics and everything. She is, has achieved more, I think, than any single person has ever achieved at Old Dominion University uh, in terms of their athletic careers. And mind you, you know, you got Nancy Lieberman in the fold, you got Inga Nissen in the fold, you got Chris who who is a great player from Canada, played on their national teams and their Olympic teams. For years Dan Tromley, I could go on and on, you know, um yeah, so that time she came in and and um uh, you know gave us a presence in the paint that was different,
0: yeah
2: Very I different.
0: And, and I'm just thinking, and I know this was part of Michelle Vopel's article. they talked a little bit about that, but being a, a this, but being the six four. I remember how hard it was being 6'4", right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then being 6'8", and being a part of those intense rivalry in those games. And I know sometimes fans aren't nice. And, you know, you're just a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, just a young woman trying to um, move along in, in life. What was that part, as you viewed, you know, of, of Anne's maturity growing into her body, but also obviously growing into what would be a big position in, in the world?
1: Absolutely. That's probably the most important thing about Ann. Now, great person from a great family. Like, we can't take credit at ODU for, you know, forming her. And Ann has a great sense of who she was and what was right and wrong and how to, to be in the world and stand proud with your head held high. She learned that at home from her family, from her, you know, high school days. And now she had, you know, basketball learning to do and maturing as a person to do, but her foundation, what was inside of Ann was the things that you've been hearing everybody who's, you know, talked about Ann since her passing, how kind she was, how big hearted she was, how gracious she was, what a fierce competitor. I mean, I had a conversation with Inga Nissen um, about a week and a half ago, and when she she had not heard the news, and when I shared it with her, the first words out of Inga's mouth were, oh, no, that was my baby. And I said, you're right. She was your baby. And she said, Coach, what you need to know, what everybody needs to know is we didn't give Anne any special treatment. We didn't give her a one-inch she said, the first thing I said to her is, you're not coming in here and taking my job. <laughs> so what People need to know is we didn't take it easy on Ann, even though she was a freshman, even though she was very slender, and even though she had a lot to learn. We made it really tough for her every day in practice. But you know what? Ann handled that. She wanted it. I think she knew that this is how she would grow as a player. And then the next thing Inga said, she said, but you know what? There finally came a time, where, well, one day. And Anne finally blocked my shot in practice. And she just turned around and looked at me right in the eye and mm-hmm. stared at me like, see that, you know. But <laughs> Inga took a lot of pride in helping Anne to learn by not making it easy for her and not making the path easy, but by showing her exactly what she was going to face each and every time she'd come on the court. And then i will to share another story from Inga that I think is telling. She said, you know, I'll never forget this as long as I live. The day after we won the second national championship, or the day we won a second national championship. So we got back in the locker room, and everybody's changing. And when Ann took off her jersey, she said, Coach, she had bruises up and down her ribs and her back. So they just pounded on her and pounded on her, and she never said anything. She never complained, never, you know, shied away. She just took it, and she did her best. And that's mm-hmm. the Anne that she wanted people to know, that this was someone who has so large of heart and so large in her courage and her um, mindset of how to, to be present in the game and to do what she was fully capable of doing, you know, that she took mm-hmm. whatever came her way. And, and that, that's true. I mean, I could give you lots of instances of my own, but those are coming from her former teammates.
0: Wow. You, you know, I'm looking back and I know you mentioned that Anne is a product of her upbringing. And I, I know you and I hadn't talked prior to this call. So I, I don't know how much you can share. But, um, you know, she, she went to Catholic school from New Jersey. Um, what was, do you know much about, you know, her family or um, siblings, parents, anything that may shed some light on on exactly who sh- who and was even before we got to meet her.
1: Right, right. Well, Anne's from a big, loving family. And uh, interesting thing, I believe there's eight children. Uh, a brother preceded her in, in death, and and uh, Anne was the baby. So it's funny you've got this this family full of very tall people. She has a brother who's seven foot. She's got some sisters who are like six five and six six. So it's not a small family. Her mom was 6'3". I remember her mother, Anna, uh, and God bless her and God rest her soul. Uh, She raised those kids after Ann's father passed when Ann, I think, was five years old. So here you've got the baby and family, five years old, a whole family of of eight kids. And Anna Matthews, Anna Donovan Matthews, her mother, raised those kids. She remarried. And um, Jerry Matthews, Ann's stepfather, I know she was very close to, and, uh, you know, they raised that family and, and, uh, just did whatever they had to do, but born in, in, uh, North Jersey, Ramis, and she always considered herself a Jersey girl, Loved the shore, loved going down to the beach. And, uh, you know, Anne had, she's so special because, I mean, I really think she's, you know, a treasure in a lot of ways. And I don't say that about too many people, but, you know, Ann, you mentioned about, you know, comments people could make. I mean, here's somebody who in 1978, you know, 77, 78, going through high school, she's six foot eight, skinny. There's nowhere in the world that Ann can walk and go unnoticed, okay? She can't <laughs> right. go shopping and go unnoticed. She can't walk down the sidewalk. And, you know, at, at times, people can be cruel. Kids can be cruel. Adults can be cruel, whether it's just staring at someone. And back then, you know, there weren't too many walking around. You got a lot more tall people walking around now. But she was so gracious in how she conducted herself. Anne was not the type of person to be unkind to anyone. She was not the type of person to, you know, say something hurtful to anybody. But she carried herself in such a way where if I had a daughter who was tall, I'd say, be just like her. Have the graciousness, have the goodness, the kind-heartedness. But be proud. Stand tall. Hold your head high. And just do what your parents taught you. You know the difference between right and wrong. Follow the golden rule. That was Ann. It's who she was. It's yeah. why I challenge anybody to find a person who didn't find her, the goodness in her, we, we recognize it. Our souls recognize goodness. Anne was one of the best of the best.
0: She was. She truly, truly was. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. Just, you know, there's a very small list of of people I can think of that are as accomplished and as humble in spirit In, I mean, in every way possible. You would never know all of the things. And like you said, she may be. She may be one of the most accomplished when it comes to women's basketball and being a pioneer at the college level, at the WNBA level, being the first woman to win a championship as a head coach, USA basketball. I mean, you know, the list goes on. She may be one of the most accomplished pioneers and legends our game has ever seen. You know, again, I I don't want to keep you too long. I can talk about Ann all day, but I know, um, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I know. This is great stuff. This is really good stuff. Um, But what, what is the one thing you would want people to know about Anne? You know, I think for people that hadn't had a chance to interact with her, they're seeing all of the comments, the articles, um, you know, the tweets, the social media about people who that have come into contact with her and uh, how much of a great person that, she was, and they're curious, you know, about this woman that has had such a large impact on our game and on the world. Um, what is one thing you would want people to know about Ann? And then also in just any other memories or thoughts that come to mind that, that you'll cherish, um, now that she has left us. Okay. Well, well,
1: I'll give you a couple. I'll give you one, a a basketball one to answer your question. Um, some people, I think, have, have maybe mentioned, uh, and it's a and truly historic game that took place in Norfolk, Virginia, in 1980, um, and that was a game against what is now Russia, but at the time was the USSR. Um, the national team of Russia um, came to the United States, which was a rarity, and we're talking about the Cold War here, so there was lots of extra security because they were worried about some of the... Russian players defecting. I mean, I know this is kind of odd to talk in a basketball sense, but there truly was in 1980 this massive Cold War stalemate between the United States and Soviet Union. So there was massive security, I mean, to the point of having Secret Service agents on top of the building down in downtown Norfolk, which, which is called Scope. It's a building that's that, yep, the you know, still 000, there. about 10,000 feet, It's still there. Well, here's another thing for, for listeners. Scope is the building that the old ABA... Team, the Virginia Squires used to play in, and their future player was none other than Julius Erving. No now, I way! Now, yeah, no, <laughs> hey, I'm taking I it back I didn't know here. that. But I mentioned wow. it because all throughout Julius Erving's tenure, and I think it was two years, might have been three, but I know for sure it was two years, they never sold that building out. So here we come in December of 1980, hosting the Russian national team, which at the time had been undefeated, listen to this, for 21 straight years.
3: No one had beaten them
1: in any competition. 21 straight undefeated seasons. And because of the 1980 boycott of the Olympics, remember? Yeah. The U.S. boycotted. They decide they want to come on our turf and challenge the United States collegiate teams to a series of games. There were 10 games. So here is this game in Norfolk, Virginia, against Old Dominion at the time we were defending champions. And Donovan's freshman year. And I mention this because of the historic aspect of the game. We sold the building out for the first time ever for a basketball game. And it was a women's basketball game in 1980. That's 35, 38 years ago. All right. Right. Sold out against this undefeated juggernaut from the Soviet Union. And their featured player was none other than Yuliana Semyonova, who is inducted into the FIBA Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, seven foot three, and about three eighty. Looked like Shaq, what? maybe an inch taller. Oh God! No, seriously. Which is why a part of the reason they never lost. Ann Donovan had to match up against her. We have a picture where Ann's body is completely obliterated by this massive seven <laughs> foot three center. And you see know, see her little stick leg sticking out the top, and a hand sticking out. You can't see the rest of her body. And you know about? playing against Juliana, but long story short, we were up two at halftime. And I said to our team, like, let's stop the game right now. You know, we got them, but uh, we ended up losing by 10, but they went on this this, uh, tour in the United States and went undefeated again. But it was telling because it was 1980, seven years later, the U.S. national team played in Russia in what was then the Goodwill Games. Ted Turner and CNN sponsored the Goodwill Games. We went over there and Ann Donovan blocked Sonyanova's shot. It started a fast break. And the long story short is the national team from the United States defeated the Russian national team. And what they did afterwards was dismantle that team because they knew that this was the end. And it was the beginning of the ascent mm-hmm. of the U.S. national team on a massive, you know, historic ride that they've been on ever since. So Ann was one of the catalysts for all of that. She was a part of that team, coached by Kay Yao, And, you know, I had the good fortune of being on that staff and being able to see Anne finally, finally block some, you know, the shot. <laughs> so that's,
4: wow. She was, proud no. of that.
1: She was really yeah. proud of that moment, but it, 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 you know, she came from this little freshman to that moment in a span of seven years. And then, of course, you know, she won a couple of Olympic gold medals as a player, And won an Olympic gold medal as a coach like who has done this okay so few people are able to win an Olympic gold in their sport and then to do it as a coach and then to win the WNBA championship as a coach but as you pointed out throughout all of that Ann was unassuming and humble and her agenda was about what's good for the game let's advance the cause of women's sports women's basketball and to do everything she could for the good of the game and that's how she lived her life and that's how she lived her basketball life and as a person she was just as good-hearted as anybody I've ever met in my life
0: no doubt. No doubt. I mean, what an incredible story. All great stories, Marianne. We we need to have you on this show more because these are stories of our game that, you know, we want to be told the history and wow, I, I did not know that that took place at the scope. And that's a, that's a major part of, of our game's history and of Anne's, you know, kind of, yeah, the start absolutely. of her legacy, even on an international level, um, which is just outstanding. But Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for You're your welcome. time You're and um, for sharing those memories and hold on to them. And when you have something, Aunt Marianne, you want to share, text me. These are I love <laughs> I these will. kind of stories and we we need to get them out.
1: Can I just say one more thing? You know, yeah, you, you, of course. You did ask you know you know what would you say about Anne? I think that the, the, one, the most important thing that I would want to convey about Anne right now is that you know, and I've struggled with this since she passed, is that what do you do now we've there's a void that's impo- it's impossible to fill the void you know for any person to do what ann has done and in the way that she's done it but i focus on that because you know i think part of ann's legacy is she's she's shown the way to how to do things the right way she's given us a blueprint for how you can be you can excel to the highest level and be so accomplished and yet still be the right kind of person, and I think what she would want is for people to focus on that, that you don't have to sacrifice doing things the right way. You don't have to expect things to be easy. In fact, they're going to be hard. They were hard for her and didn't have an easy path. She didn't expect an easy path. She didn't want one, but she worked through it each and every day and still retained her humanity, her compassion, her goodness, and her kindness. She would want us to be kind to each other, to be kinder. There's no reason to not be kind to people. You can compete. You can be fierce and courageous without losing that part of yourself. So I think that's what her legacy really is about. You can achieve anything you want to do to the very highest level and still do things the right way and be the right kind of person. And I know her family's proud of that. I'm certainly proud of that. And it's what I look when I start feeling badly about the fact that she's no longer with us. I say, well, Marianne, what are you going to do today to emulate the blueprint? and left us and i think that's why she was here i don't think her path was was easy matter of fact i think it took a gigantic heart and a person of gigantic character to walk the path that she walked and to accomplish everything she did in the manner that she did and and that's the thing that i think speaks so much to who ann truly really was wow you're
0: right. Not an easy path, but chose to always do the right thing regardless. How hard is that? You know, I mean, that is one of the true tests of life, right? Yes. Like, how do you Absolutely. handle the things that come at you? And are you able to still show your character and, and hold on to your values despite it all? And and was enormous in that place. You, I, I could not have said it better. Absolutely. That is very, very well said. Thank you so much, Marianne. Give Coach You're Tebow and the you. staff Thank and team China. our best, and we look forward to having you on the show we'll again. Do. Sure. Thank anytime. you so Thank much. You,
3: China. Okay. Bye-bye. Alrighty.
0: All right, basketball fans. We are continuing our special episode this week honoring the life of a legend, um, one Ann Donovan. And right now um, I want to welcome into the show someone who had several touch points along her journey Um, with not only the head coach of the national champions, uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks, but also the head coach of our U.S. women's national team. Please join me in welcoming Dawn Staley to the show. Welcome, Dawn. Thanks, Miss Dinah. Well, we wanted to uh, have you on. You know, I I was reading through Twitter, as I know most of us were, when we found out about Ann's passing. And you, like many of us, were devastated. For our fans that are are listening, take us back to your first interaction with Ann and just all the different um, stops upon your
3: journey that you uh, were able to interact with her and share a space with her. Well, I mean, you know, Ann and I go – go back um probably to like two thousand and and one um in which she coached me um when I was a Charlotte St- Charlotte Sting uh, member. Um and you know Anne is as graceful as they come. Um Anne and I know sometimes people take her her kindness and her quietness as as a, as a weakness, but I I saw it as a strength. Um, she was probably as strong as any coach that I've ever been um, associated with. You know, we had a season in which we started one and ten, and in that season, you could probably, as a coach, you thinking you know that you're at the depths of of just packing it in and not wanting to continue. But it never felt like a one in ten season. That was because of and and how she handled things, and she always had a a positive spin on any situation, and she was always calm. So you never felt like things were out of control. You always felt like you had a, a shot, um, and that's why we were able to turn that season around and actually um, compete in the WNBA finals that particular year. We lost, but, but certainly um, it could have went in a different direction um, but due to Ann's leadership, due to her, you know, resiliency, due to her calmness, um, and she was really reserved when it came to, when it came to coaching. And you know, you, you, know, you can't, you know, you can't substitute that experience from anything. And then I, you know, I had an opportunity, and I know I'm talking and talking, but it's so easy to talk about Ann. Um, but I had an opportunity uh, to play for Ann on an Olympic team and a world championship team. I also had a chance to partner with her um, in the 2008 Olympic games as, as her assistant coach. And I I know, you know how hard it is for any player slash coach to break into the ranks of, of USA basketball, but she gave me my shot to coach with her, you know, and I know I played a long time, but coaching at that level, you know, coaches don't, just automatically giving you a shot to do that and I was appreciative that Ann gave me that shot.
0: No, we definitely appreciate the memories and this is what we were hoping to happen less of me, more of you just sharing your thoughts on Ann. It's interesting because um, you know we look amongst the great coaches and I haven't done the math necessarily but uh, it seems like there are a lot of guards you know when you think about former players that play and Ann was not only a post player but she was six eight. you know uh, which I always thought was unique. In terms of how she approached coaching um, what was different? I mean you, you've been around the greatest coaches, you've been coached by great coaches you're obviously one yourself but what was unique in your opinion about Ann and the way she
3: contributed as a coach to her players and to the game? Oh, uh, The biggest thing I take from Ann is she was just so graceful. You know, some coaches, you know, my style isn't graceful, um, but her style was just graceful. I, I think she, you know, what the, what separates her from some of the other coaches, great coaches, you know, is her ability to connect with people. You know, she talked to you, you know, in a mild mannered um, tone that you really, you know, you, you, she makes you listen to her, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not forcefully. She just makes you listen to her because she views you as a person first and then a, and then a player. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think that is, you know, so unique and she's always, you know, she's always in character, you know, good character. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to share a story. You know during that you know during that two thousand and one season, you know and if you know her, she's very conservative, she doesn't dress you know outlandishly, but one game she wore this it was like i guess it was like a sequence shirt, so <laughs> once she did that, everybody noticed all the players, so we gave her the nickname big Sexy." and once we called her big sexy she would turn i I mean immediately beat red (laughs) and and we used to call her that every time we saw her even after you know after she we played for her she would just get so red and and um smile the biggest smile so i am going to remember her as big sexy (laughs) That is hilarious to me. Like, I can't even imagine saying the word sexy around Ann Donovan because, right. like
0: you said, she had like this grace, this regalness to her. You know what I mean? Like, you just <laughs> wanted to be on top of your game around Ann and not say anything crazy. So, the fact that y'all even said the word sexy around her is making me blush right now. Like, I don't feel
4: like <laughs> that is
0: That is awesome. And, and when you. You know, a couple of things you hit on. We talked to Sue Bird as well about, you know, just her experiences with Ann. And a couple of things that just seemed to continue to come and shine through was that, number one, her demeanor in that she was a different type of coach. She didn't have to yell. She didn't have to scream to get her point across. She had a respect in just the way she carried herself and the way she interacted with people that she didn't have to raise her voice. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you just were going to listen to her because of who she was. And then the other part was how much she cared about the people in the game. Right. So not just your points and, you know, working on your jump shot or, you know, just no matter what position she was serving in basketball, it was like she wanted to know how was your life? You know, what do you have coming up next? How's your Mm -hmm. family? And, you know, we both know that that goes so far in, in relationships with people. And a woman of, of her position definitely didn't have to be concerned. I know that's the one thing I always say. I don't know how Ann Donovan knew who I was or why she cared, but we developed a friendship, and you would never know that she was a Hall of Famer. I mean, just the way she cared and she paid attention and she listened, um, definitely a lesson that can be learned. Um you know, for all of us and the way she carried herself. Um, how can we I guess my last question, and you can take either one of these, Dawn, um, how can we honor Anne? Like what is the most what is the most important thing for those of us that want to serve the game? Um, you know, what is something we can take from Anne? And then any other, you know, memories or, or things that um, you know, you would want to share about Anne or want people to know?
3: Well, I, I think you know, what What I'm going to take from Ann, besides her being so graceful, is, you know, once I heard the news of her passing away, you know, I just went through my phone, you know, and I, I put in Ann Donovan, and then our conversations came up on the screen. And if I just read off what Ann has has texted me, it's always every single moment of of success, I had as a coach, Ann has texted me, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. She never let a, a a recognition go by without reaching out. And if I could take anything from her, if we can take anything from, from Ann, it is giving people their flowers while they can smell them. You know, take the mm-hmm. second or two or the minute to reach out to someone to say, congratulations, I'm proud of you. Because those are the things that she said to me and I'm never gonna I'm never gonna erase that and I'm gonna try my darnest to to reach out to people, you know, when they have when they have done something great in our game. Because Anne mm-hmm. was an incredible gatekeeper of our game. And she yeah. not only she not only um gave her time just on the court working with players and being an Olympian and an all American you know, after she was done with all of that, she kept, you know, reaching out. And that's what it's all about. It's it's not she was so selfless, you know, in in everything that she's done for our game. So if we can be more selfless and reaching out to other people, just raising them up in the game, our game's gonna be in the in a great place
5: that is a wonderful
0: point and you know it, it's interesting don i went back and did the same thing i looked at all of my last interactions with ann and actually uh, we're going to have mary ann stanley on sharing and you know one thing i'm going to share during my time with her is an email exchange between me and ann donovan who where, where she was saying you know telling me stories about odu and Law tech and that rivalry and what she remembered and so she had so many She was a part of so many pivotal moments of our game. And I say this to Michelle Vopel all the time as well. Like, we have to to share these stories, which is one of the reasons why we have this platform, because people are not around forever you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but you want Mm -hmm. their memory to last. You want that history of our game, which we know has not always been documented. The stories haven't been told. And so, um, you know, those connections that Ann made between people helped us to keep the game going. And you're right. All it takes is a simple text message. uh, Hey, how are you? Um, You know, it it just it seems like, you know, people are are leaving us at a a rapid rate. And Mm -hmm. um, let them know that you appreciate them before they go. You know, um, great stories, great memories, Dawn. Big Sexy is is still making me laugh right now. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us and, um, you know, just sharing your special times and your memories of Anne. Uh We're going to definitely keep these stories going on
3: around the room. Thank you, Latina. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of this episode, especially because of who Ann Donovan was and remains, um, you know, a, a big part of women's basketball and my life.
5: Thank you so much, Don. We appreciate it. Thank you All for right. your
0: time. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Fans stay right where you are because we are going to share more memories, more stories, uh, more of our thoughts on the life of Ann Donovan after this break. And we will start with um, the one and only Sue Bird, who won a WNBA championship Uh, with Ann Donovan and with the Seattle Storm, and we will get Sue's thoughts, as well as Felicia Hall-Allen, who spent time uh, with Ann during her tenure in the front office for the Charlotte Sting. So stay right with us after this. More thoughts and and stories on Ann Donovan. Sue Bird, thank you so much for joining around the room. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? i right. I mean, you know, as I mentioned uh, a moment ago, I'm not as famous as you with, with the whole body <laughs> issue. We'll have to have you back on the show um, to <laughs> just talk about that. And maybe have Megan on as well. How about that?
4: Oh, a soccer guest on the Around the podcast. I like that. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, have you guys done a couple's podcast before? Because we may be breaking ground here. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, no, this might this might be one of the first ones. We've done a couple yes. of things, but uh, this might be one of the first ones. We did free cookies with Kate Fagan, but oh, not a bad podcast. Not a bad. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that doesn't
0: count. Uh, well, thank you for for jumping on, and we will get that scheduled. Tariqa, make a dope. Um <laughs> We are, this podcast is very special to us, obviously, because we are remembering Ann Donovan, who meant so much to so many of us. Um, share with the fans, if you will, just kind of your introduction to Ann and all the different touch points that she had with you throughout your career.
4: Yeah, um, the first time um, I, I met Ann and, and was coached by Ann was actually when she was an assistant on the 2002 World Championship team. So she was an assistant on that team, and um, I had just graduated college, and they asked me, it was like April, so school had not even ended yet, and they asked me to come and join one of the national team training camps. So that was really the first time I ever met her, and then later that summer when the WNBA season was over, um, you know, that was the first time I was coached by her. So that was really my first um, you know, contact with Ann, and it's funny how you look back on things, but after my rookie year, uh, Lynn Dunn was our head coach and she stepped down and that coaching position was open. And I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, um, you know, I, I thought back on that trip and I was like, you know, Anne asked me a lot of questions about Seattle. I was like, I wonder why she was asking all these questions. And then, you know, you find out a couple of months later, she's going to be the next head coach. And then of course, um, you know, we, uh, I played for her for five years in Seattle and then with the national team and she was the head coach. So that's kind of how it started. And then, um, the, the finishing touches, a gold medal in two thousand
0: eight. Wow! Yeah, Anne was ahead of the game in checking out what was happening in Seattle. Yeah. I see, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so you know, when when you talk about great coaches, right? You've played for the greatest, and you know, I mean, Gino Oriema is arguably the greatest college basketball coach ever, yeah. men or women, right? Um, yeah, you've played for the best in some. Are very amazing coaches along the way. What was special or different about Ann's approach to to coaching?
4: Um, you know, I, I actually, uh, you know, talked about this the other day. It was really Ann was probably one of the first coaches that really experienced it from a player standpoint. You know, Ann obviously played in college. She played for the national team. She played overseas, and so she truly understood like what that grind was. In fact, she used to she used to say how easy we had it because she would say, you know, I didn't have the internet when I was over in Japan. Like I had to be snail mail and it was hard. So she would joke that, that we had it even easier than she did, but she truly understood like what it was to grind and be a woman's basketball player. Um, and I think that brought this, this understanding to her coaching. Um, she really came, came from it from a player standpoint. Uh, and it was really helpful. It was helpful, you know, on the court with how she handled us. And it was helpful off the court with the advice you could give.
0: You mentioned just the success you had with Ann, both of winning the WNBA championship. Fans already know she was the first um, woman head coach to to coach to a WNBA championship. And also you won a gold medal with Ann on staff. Um, when you look back on those times, what are some memories that maybe stand out to you of, of Ann coaching or your interaction with Ann uh, from from those, you know, just memorable moments for you in your basketball career?
4: Right. Um, I would say, you know, I have some, some uh, more serious ones where it's like, you know, um, the 2004 WNBA championship, like you said, Ann was the first woman, the youngest at the time. Um to win one and for our team it was it was a really tough series in the finals you know because that was when you had to go on the road for game one and then game it was just three games and then two and three were home and we lost the first one so what I remember about that experience is just um you know and staying calm and cool you know and making adjustments and we were able to get the, the next two games um and then on a positive note just you know the smile on her face after I mean we were all ecstatic but just seeing how happy Anne was. Um, you know, I joke, the best exit interviews are the ones after you've won a championship. And I remember, I remember that, that exit interview with her just being, uh, you know, kind of reflecting on the year. Um, and, and a similar story is with the national team. Because we lost in 2006. You know, we got bronze at the World Championships in Brazil. And that was like a huge blow, I think, for all of us. You know, it was the first time the USA team had lost in a major competition in I don't even know how many years. And I think as a coach of the national team, it's probably even harder to be expected. It all falls on you. But the yep. way Anne, like, embraced that challenge, um, you know, looking back on it now, it really was remarkable because I think, like I said, it, it all falls on you as a coach. And, and I don't know. I could see the pressure of that being really difficult. But, you know, Anne never showed that to us. You know, we had training camps the next two years. And with each one, you can tell Anne was on a mission. And she had this way of being, um, you know, understanding that, you know, we're only together, you know, X amount of days, X amount of time. But she was going to be demanding of us in that time. You know, she appreciated that we were able to do it, but she was demanding of us. And, and it was gold medal or bust in 2008. So to finally win that, um, you know, to, to accomplish that goal. And, and, and I don't know, just another, another you know, memory is just Anne's look, you know. And, and again, it was a situation where she kept cool. She kept calm. She was demanding but understanding and we're able to accomplish those goals. And then, of course, I have some off-court stuff like in shoot-around, She would always try to block our shots and things like that. So <laughs> there's, there's some some, play, some playful memories in there too.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine trying to shoot over Anne, But what you're saying nah, about yeah. her, right? What you're saying about her coaching style. You know, I always said, "Wow, she's so like relaxed." You know, and I never played for her. Um, and was never in a huddle when she coached, but Ann and I, you know, we had a a long relationship of just, you know, she would give me advice on on, um, broadcasting and different things, and then, you know, when she coached in college, I actually got to cover her team then, but she was always so, like, relaxed, and not that she, every coach has to be intense, but I just love that she went about it in a different way. You know, she didn't yell and scream and just do what she wanted. Well, at least I didn't
4: clear yell and scream.
0: Um, it seems like she just <laughs> had that confidence, knew what she wanted, uh, had an understanding of how to connect with players and, and carried that out. So I always thought that was interesting. Um, something else that, you know, we've reflected on is just the impact that Anne had with Lauren Jackson. And you were very close to that. And obviously we don't have Lauren on the show, but, what did you see happen with her work with Lauren that you think may have helped her to get to where she was in the WBA as a superstar?
4: Yeah, um, day one, you know, Anne got the job. Day one, she 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 made it. You know, her mission to get Lauren um, in the low block. To be honest, um, she turned <laughs> Lauren into the, you know, the dominating low block. Player that we, we know Lauren and remember Lauren as, um, and did that. You know because at the time Lauren was was kind of this uh, this player who was versatile. You know very similar to, to Suey to be honest. You know she's versatile. She can shoot. She can she can dribble. She can pull up. Um, but didn't really want to get in the block. You know even at six six wasn't it, would rather float around. Um, yeah every mm-hmm. now and then she would go down there, but it was usually turnaround jumpers. And Anne mm-hmm. just immediately challenged her like literally day one. I mean, literally, it's as clear as day to me. Came in and was just like, Lauren, you need to be a low block player. Lauren, you need to rebound more. Lauren, you need to get your <laughs> on the block. Pardon my language. Lauren, like, that was how, that was just the reality of it. And, and Lauren embraced it and probably didn't love it all the time. But, you know, that year she won MVP. And, and you know, the, uh, the number one reason is, is Anne just literally every day challenging her to be that player. Yeah, that toughness, that contact, that physical type player. I can totally see that. And You know,
0: I mean, that was Ann's specialty, right? So it's interesting how sometimes a coach comes in and, uh, you know, maybe if Ann had been a three-point shooting coach, you know, that may have been the emphasis that she put on Laura's career. But I think because she was so passionate about the low block and obviously had an understanding of – the need for Lauren to develop that versatility, um, that that's what, that was her agenda, you know, right away. Um, yeah. Which absolutely. I think that's a fine balance for coaches to continue to encourage you what you do well, but also try to stretch you. Uh, last couple of questions, just real quick, Sue. So, you know, when when someone leaves us, right, like I, I don't know where you were when you found out that Ann that passed, you start to think about their impact, uh, and what you will what you will miss? Um, what were those thoughts for you in in regards to Anne? Just her overall impact on on the sport, on the game, on the world. But then also, what will what will you miss most about Anne Donovan?
4: Um, you know, I think it's not necessarily you know what I'm going to miss. Um, what I kind of found in this whole process, because obviously when I heard the news, I you know extremely sad and just. Uh, Um, you know, uh, taking the time to kind of reflect, but, you know, Anne was just so young. It was, it was hard to get past that at first, you know? So I think immediately it was just the sadness, but then as time went on and, you know, whether it was me reaching out to former teammates, um, other assistants, people that, you know, I played with and around while Anne was in Seattle or the national team. And then also having people reach out to me, you know, maybe people I hadn't heard from in a while. And you could tell immediately two things. One, our connection was because of Anne, you know, and, and the impact that Anne had on us. I just found solace in the fact that the impact she had on us, that was going to live forever. You know, so while Anne is no longer with us, and yeah, there are things you can miss about, about her. Um, you know, most recently, actually, when I saw you at, at, at um, the South Carolina training camp, that was the last time I saw Anne. And it was always nice to, you know, to run into Anne. It was always, it was like seeing a friendly face and she was always yeah. positive and asking about you and not just about your basketball life, but asking, actually like asking how you're doing. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. you, your family. And yeah, those are things that you, you, you can pro- you can like list as missing. I you in Seattle, Hi. Yeah. Yes. I remember. Good to see you too. Sorry about that. Airport life. It happens. That's okay. We um, know
0: you're a superstar. It's okay. <laughs> not
4: okay. Not at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, you could, you could list out some things that that you could miss about Anne, but, but again, I found the one time a smile came on my face after the news was, was seeing just the impact she had on so many people and that's going to live on forever. So in some ways, like Anne's impact is going to live on forever. And like I said, there was just something really comforting about that.
5: Yeah, you
0: know it, it's interesting when I think about all my interactions with Anne. First of all, like I did not really like ever see women that were taller than me—not as tall as right, Anne. Yeah. You know, so I would run into her on the road and like, oh Anne, you know, like she gets it. She understands that for me. I know you're 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 taller than the average caller, but you know this is a post in here. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I get it. I get it.
4: <laughs> I know, had to go to many trying. buckles in my life with my teammates so they can get the long jeans. I there understand. you go.
3: Yes,
0: you get it. <laughs> Alloy online. Did you ever give up your exit <laughs> row, though, Sue, so, so I have to go. Did you ever give up the exit row?
4: Oh, of course. Come on now. Okay.
0: See, that oh, makes
4: sense. I do. I loved you, but yeah. now you're my favorite. Um,
0: yeah. So that was not the first thing, but then you're right. Like, she just had this. She cared about you as a person. Like, she yes, seemed yes. to have a balance where – you know, she wasn't, and, you know, it, it's hard, as you know, when you're a perfectionist, when you want to be the best at your craft, it's hard not to obsess about it and to, uh, you know, not make it your life or make it everything, but it seems like. Anne found that balance, right? Um, yeah, I know she totally. was a woman of faith. I know that, you know, she just seemed to, and like you said, she would show up to these random places and you're like, oh my God, Anne's here. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she was always just, just very encouraging and someone that I know we will all miss. But so we, we, can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you taking the time um, to oh, share you. your memories of Ann. Um, and I know that she will be missed by you and so many of us. And um, we look forward to having you back on with Megan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me know. Let me know. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. Around the Rim fans, just taking this moment to honor a legacy, the, the memory of, of Ann Donovan and what she meant to our game. And no better person to kind of talk about that and everything that she's meant to women's basketball. And so we're happy to welcome to our podcast, uh Miss Felicia Hall Allen. You remember her because she actually hosted a podcast for us in February for Black History Month. So we told you we would get you back on the podcast and we did. Uh Wish it was for different circumstances. But hi, Felicia. Welcome back.
5: Hello. And it is good to be back to give voice meaning and just thought around an incredible, remarkable woman to the game of women's basketball and a person that I would consider a close and dear friend, Ann Donovan.
2: Absolutely. Now you two work together in Charlotte, but talk a little bit about when you first met Coach Donovan and uh, the the feeling that you got from her and, and what was that meeting like?
5: You know, what's what's really amazing, I remember the first time I met Ann, it wasn't in an official capacity as the vice president of team operations for the WNBA Charlotte Sting, but I remember just being a wide-eyed basketball (laughs) fan (laughs) and meeting this woman who was just a giant in stature. But my impression was that she had just... The heart, just a giant heart. She understood the mantle that she carried as an ambassador of the game. She was warm, she was open, and she could light up the eyes of a young, wide eyed, hopeful, wanting to be great someday. And, and impacting the sport. And Anne was just an incredible ambassador and I felt so honored to have met her. Mm-hmm. And so that was really special. One of the things that I will share with you is that when we started having conversations around the possibility of bringing Ann Donovan in to serve as the head coach for the Charlotte team, one of the things that we knew was that Ann Donovan would provide instant credibility to our organization, and we were desperate to find a face on the sidelines that could match and parallel the faces we had on the court, like Don Staley, Charlotte Mm -hmm. Smith, and Andrea Stinson. We needed someone whose disposition, whose coaching style, and whose reputation would match the quality of players that we had on the court and who could drive them to succeed. And so when meeting Ann, though she's not loud and um, she's not boastful in any way, she's very she was just very modest but confident in what she had the capacity to do and what she could do for our program and for our players. And I think that it was just her quiet confidence was very impressive, and it stood out to us.
2: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because... Uh, when you talk to a lot of other players um, about Anne and what she was able to do, one of the things that they always mention is her ability to bring out the best in someone and her ability to pull out things that they didn't quite know was there. And I think about that Charlotte team and how there were some challenges and some difficulties and she was able to help bring out the best in players like Dawn. Talk a little bit about what she was able to bring out of of people that you've seen or even yourself Something that others would not know if they didn't have a chance to interact with her.
5: That's a great question. I'll tell you, Anne's first season with us. We started the season out with the sting. We were in the Eastern Conference. We started the season out one and ten. Mm-hmm. One and ten isn't just bad; it's horrific. Yes, if <laughs> you get paid to win games. And I remember she asked me to come into the locker room and have a conversation with the players and just be really clear and direct and pointed about what the organization expected. Had an incredible conversation. The women responded. From that point on, Ann was able to lead our team to the Eastern Conference Championship. We went from one in 10. And the way that she did it is we all know that you can't eat an elephant in one sitting. You do it one bite at a time. And so she said to them and never allowed them to get ahead of themselves. We dug ourselves in a hole, and she said that the way that we would get out of it would be one game at a time. Mm -hmm. And no matter who was on our schedule, she did not allow them to look ahead, take any team organization for granted. I think it was her vision and her insight and her ability to keep them focused on one single task that allowed us to accomplish the goal of winning the Eastern Conference Championship. And USA Today wrote that it was the best turnaround they had ever seen in professional sports from one in 10 Eastern Conference champions who played for the WNBA championship in the Staples center against Lisa Leslie and the Sparks and had the ability to do that. My husband, Johnny and I got to work with her team, do some team building with her team with the Seattle storm when she had Lauren Jackson and Superd and I'm mm-hmm. um, just an incredible team um, of players. And she said, you know, Feedy, that's my nickname. That's what (laughs) my closest friends call me. She said, "Feedy, I really want you to come out and work with our team. Just want to kind of create some synergy, get everybody on the same page. You and Jonathan do a great job of creating a shared vision for success and helping everybody to see their role and how they fit in. We had the best time with her team. The energy." The atmosphere, the culture that she was cultivating, you could tell. Johnny and I could tell right away. They were on the verge of doing something great and doing something special. And though we didn't get the WNBA championship in Charlotte, we got close. Mm-hmm. So Lisa Leslie is something else. We got close. But in Seattle, and Donovan took two number one draft picks and Sue Bird and Lauren Jackson. And they were able to win a WNBA championship.
2: The first. And
5: I I believe that a lot of that had to do with those players' belief and confidence and her ability and her experience of cultivating champions. And she being a champion herself, they knew that she could get them to the promised land. And she did.
2: And she did. (laughs) She absolutely did. Before I let you go, Felicia, I just want to ask you really quickly, you know, if there's one thing that you want people to remember Coach Donovan by, or that one thing that you think cements her legacy, what would that be?
5: She was a servant leader with a kind and gentle spirit and heart. She genuinely cared about people and especially the people who were in her backstage region and the people who were in her inner circle, and that she understood the mantle that she carried as an ambassador for the game of women's basketball. But beyond the women's part, she was an ambassador for basketball as a Naismith Hall of Famer and a women's basketball coaches Hall of Famer. And Donovan, for me, I will remember her as an ambassador i remember I will remember her as a friend, and I will remember her as a servant because when she went to Wilmington to be with her family, one of the things that she always talked about was how important her family was, and she would often share the memories of her mom and how important their faith was and her family staying together. The same kind of um, just love that she had for her family was the kind of love that I saw her demonstrate for the players that she coached and for the communities that she coached in. And that speaks volumes, that she had a lot of love to give and she would offer it to a stranger I love that about Ann Donovan
2: well that is a wonderful memory and I I can honestly say that I wish I had an opportunity to really meet her and get to know her outside of what you know I have seen uh, growing up watching the WNBA hearing about people talk about her and seeing footage from those USA basketball teams and It's just an amazing an an amazing feeling to hear so many people have so many genuine words to say about her. And and thank you so much for sharing that with us. We appreciate it. Uh, We we treasure it as we know you will treasure those memories. And we definitely will have you back on the show again.
5: You are so, so kind. (laughs) And I'd like to thank ESPN for honoring the legacy of Ann Donovan. Ann was an ambassador, a role model, a coach, And a champion. And I am grateful that ESPN did not allow this moment to pass. And LaChina Robinson um, for being willing to take a lead. And you, Tarika are really, really, the sport is grateful for the work that you all are doing on behalf of women's basketball.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Fans, that is our show for the week. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode, which means so much to so many of us. We want to continue to keep Ann Donovan's legacy alive. You can email us at aroundtherimpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to share any memories or thoughts on Ann Donovan, we are also on Twitter at aroundtherimpod. If you want to reach us there. Fans, don't forget the WNBA All-Star voting is happening right now. And, um, yeah, so make sure you vote for your favorite all-star and we will see you back on around the rim next week. Thank you so much for your support, your downloads, your listens, your shares, your retweets. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to around the rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.